Welcome back, y'all. We know we uh, we left y'all with a lot of stuff to think about on this, uh, the first part of this episode. But y'all know we had to come back with the second part. They still got more, you know, great stuff to bring to y'all. Yeah, we had to give them a part two because part one was too much. So we had to give y'all a little break. Let y'all think about it. Come back with part two. Oh, so, I think, thank you. Thank you all for sharing. Like, thank you for those responses. But, um, you know, like what I'm hearing is that, you know, there's just a lack of protection for womanhood, specifically black womanhood. So, um, you know, I said earlier that, you know, I'm, I, well, personally, I'm just a person that's about solutions, right? So we see we post on social media about protect, protect black women. And I don't think a lot of people know what that actually means because, you know, not to call them out, but I know people that I follow that, you know, repost it, but on a day-to-day basis, like, don't follow what they repost. Um, but what I want you all to kind of speak more to is how men uh, can be, can actually protect women on a daily basis, like, or just, like, whether it be personal, whether it be professional, how can we help protect you all? Because, you know, so I, I think it's a lot of men out there that probably do want to, but don't know how. I actually would like to see, and I think this is um, part of the conversations we have in education, but more so than allyship, is we changed the word to co-conspirator, right? Like, I want you to be in it with me, you know? Like, when we say that, you know, a lot of men, um, a lot of people, you know, say that they're listening to black women. Like, we hear you when you say um, that your voices are not being heard. We hear you when you say that, um, we're speaking over you. We hear you when you say we're we're using your um, your knowledge without giving you any credit. Like we hear you in those ways. It's like, but how can you hear me if then you work in in like you work against me, right? Like I need you to work with me. If you if you know that you hold privilege and you know that I don't, and we are in the same space, that means that whatever space you take up, I need you to just scoot on over and make some room for me. <laughs> right like i i need i need that kind of action i need um like i know that in this conversation we are in a usually what i find is like i'm in a, a office setting and a um space and it's mostly white men or white men and white women um and it's like two of us like it's me and another black man like you know in that space and they're not trying to listen to me right mm-hmm. like can you be like hold on you guys i Candace, you got something to say? Sure do. Like, let me get up in here. You know, like, that's the ways that I need people to show up, right? And when we're talking about protests, when we're talking about, like, what does it mean to protect the bodies of black women? I know black men are always um, about, like, we got to protect our own and it's physical, right? Um, Like, it is literally, sometimes it is putting your body in front of the, the, um, the threat. Like, and that could be in a physical sense or it can be in a metaphysical sense, but it's literally getting in the fight with you, right? Because black women have been in the fight with black men the whole time, right? With Angela Davis, like with, um, who am I thinking of? She might be Wells. Like you could just go on black women that have been outraged at um the plight of black people in this country of fighting side by side, there's black women that show up to the protests, right? When a black man um, gets shot again, gets yeah. um, beat again. be on the front lines, yeah. Right, you know, so it's just yeah. like, 
do the same, right? You should be up. Yep, well, we'll be getting up today, right? Like, I need movement. Um, because it's not enough to say it. It's, it's just not enough to say it. And I think that it's really the portrayal of instead of showing up, you criticize. Like, I understand, like, people talking about, um, mm, I might not want to bring that up. I was going to say the J. Cole thing, but yeah, it's not going to do that. Um, but, Maybe. Do it. Do it. <laughs> I mean, it's it's an important conversation, right? Like, I want I want to just say that I love. I I do like the new uh, J Cole song. However, he was criticized as a black woman, right? And like, he ain't had to do that, right? Um, he could have made a whole statement about like how we talk to each other, how we educate each other, um, without being like, sis, like I wish you would talk to me certain way, like dang. Like we kind of missed the point, right? Um, because right now, I, I don't know. I guess in our conversation, in the communication, like it's like a understood, not said thing that like black women, we we know and are taught not to criticize you in front of mixed company. It's almost like we don't get the same respect, you know. It's like ooh, it's just thrown in there. So I'm gonna stop. You. I've ranted enough, but heard you, heard you. In the same vein as like what Candace was saying, what I also consider of like needing from black men is and just men of color is just like like the whole conversation is how do we protect you? Give me less reasons to need protection. Right? And so that not only means like be in this work with me, but I actually want like while you are making space for Candace to speak at this table, I then need you to leave me alone and then go talk to your friend because I'm not the issue. I'm not a misogynist. I'm not sexist. I'm no, not biased and aggressive towards women. Like it. You know, so it's, and if, you know, even if it's not you, it's definitely one of your friends because it's definitely one of mine. Mm. You know, and so I think it's about like taking that responsibility of like talking to your friends, checking your friends when they're wrong, right? Like checking them when they do some weird predatory shit because they do it because the lines can be super blurred but part of why it's blurred is complicitness like we allowing people to act crazy and then it's like oh shit i gotta protect you no because you're also not gonna be here all the time right so that whole physical protection is just a fucking illusion because you can't always do that and i can't always necessarily have that expectation regardless of i feel like black women always being about it and like i'm always here for the shit like i that's not even necessarily what i need i need someone to go and like unlearn and unpack your biases and then once you do that stop thinking the work is done because you get it now because you have progressed because now you need to go help your homie check and unpack his biases and then do that with your father and do that with your uncle and your best friend and your co-worker and my boss and your child right like this idea of like you it's it's active it's just like i need act as candace is saying this active participation like i need you to use your privilege to help me i also just need you to check yourself to check the narrative because so many men like when you have the conversations with them they see they see a lot they're picking up on a lot of shit you know like it's not like y'all are like living through life necessarily and you you all get to have this tunnel vision like you have women in your life that you care about, whether it's romantically, you know, it's uh, encouraged or it's platonic or it's family ties or it's just a sense of kinship. Like there are people you care about. I think of like how many times we have told you something. I don't have enough hands 
and feet to count how many times I've been sexually assaulted, not harassed. Harassed yeah. I'm not going to get into because that's just the day-to-day-to-day. Sexually assaulted in public. Right. And, and knowing that, like, I've, for the most since leaving Queens, I haven't really been in a neighborhood that's white. So I'm in black and brown neighborhoods and I've screamed and people are like, men are like, I don't know what's going on. You know, I got sexually assaulted. And the first man that encountered me literally verbatim said, you're too pretty to cry over a man. Hmm. You don't even know what happened. <laughs> you didn't ask what was wrong. You made the assumption that my tears are so frivolous that it's always about something hurting my heart. Like my heart isn't hurt, but I just got my ass grabbed in the middle of the street by somebody that I don't know. And like, that's what I needed you for. So for me, it's definitely the space of like, I need men to check themselves and to check other men because quite often I feel like when that's another thing, black women are dealing with a lot of violence and aggression coming from black men because we're trying to check you. And, and we have very different communication styles. And so it, it's too often wires are getting crossed and you're not, you know, we, we can't have conversations with one another. And so uh, there isn't a lot of good coming from us confronting you. And so it's like, I need you to confront yourself in that mirror and then to confront the people close to you and confront the people you don't know that you see in the street and to just to do that work so that there is less of a reason for you to have to protect it. Yo, say that shit. I second everything you just said. Everything. You got Felicia? Same thing. <laughs> Yo, y'all really did hit that shit right on the head, man. Like, I feel like I'm in class right now. I'm just learning. I feel like I'm a student. I'm just learning right now. Sometimes you just got to shut up and listen. Like, that's. Yo, that's- dog, I'm okay with doing that, man. Like, I'm uh, 100%. Thank y'all for, like, being vulnerable and just, you know, educating because a lot of this stuff, like, I know of, but I really have it. I really need more guidance and understanding as far as like, you know, just how I can co-conspire with you as Candace would put it. So thank you all for sharing. I really appreciate that. And so with this oh, next wait, question. Can I add something? Oh, oh yeah, go ahead. Okay. So just, I'm just trying to synthesize, you know, everything that's been said and also add on to it. It's also do not discredit her whether it is her education or her knowledge or her embodied knowledge or her experience, just don't discredit her. Mm. So anyway, go ahead. <laughs> so this next question is, is changing the topic a little bit, but um, just to give y'all you know, some context behind why I would be so interested in doing this is because I do come from a multicultural household, black mom, white dad. Right. So that's kind of how I grew up. That was the, my surroundings and so when i see that i don't really see anything wrong with that as i get older you know i start to see different things um um you know obviously i don't discriminate beauty is beauty it don't matter what you look like what color you are but there are like small things in between that that does complicate things just a little bit which i've seen through my parents relationship which i've seen through my sister who's also dating a white person's relationship through my own personal relationships which i've dated white women in the past. So my question to y'all is, um, I guess, what are your thoughts and feelings when you see black or Latin men with white women? And then the second part of that question, uh, would you date a white man? If so, why? If not, why not? Um, so I guess my immediate feelings is, um, my response to that was like, I hope she can understand your struggle as a black man in ways that she could show up for you. You know. Um, and that's it. 
right? Um, I, like, I, I mean, I, I really just care about, um, like, if you're going to be in a relationship, like, be in a relationship that allows you to be all of you, right? And you have to be all black, you know? <laughs> like, you can't just be black sometimes in your relationship and then pretend like it doesn't exist. Because I, I think about what black women have done for black men. We've been in the struggle together often. Um, not often, oftentimes, the whole thing. Um, <laughs> but, like, we've, we've been in the struggle. And so, like, we know. We, like, something as simple as we know that no matter how bad it is, whether what is happening, calling the police on you would be the biggest betrayal. Like it's just something as simple as that. Does your does your girlfriend know? Does, does your yeah. boyfriend know? Like that that don't do that. Like you know. Like it's just something. <laughs> just as simple. It's it's not. It don't have to be complicated. Like, do can they show up for you? If they can show up for you, then love is love, right? Um, I know for me, like if, to answer the question to date a white man, I had to think about this uh, and talk this through. Um, one, I, I'm married, so it doesn't matter. Um, so <laughs> put that out there. Um, but. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I could do it, and this is why. Um, I've dated outside of my race before. Like I've dated um, a Nigerian man, right? Um, and I bring that up so people know that, like, it's not just skin tone, right? Like, I've dated a Nigerian man, and our struggles really came around him. His understanding of, of ethnicity and my understanding of race were so different, yeah, right? right? That he could not understand like how I move throughout a space and why I would move throughout a space that, that I needed support around. And I realized that I'm like, I need someone who can understand these things or who is willing to understand these things. Um, and so if I talk about like whether I would have dated a white man, um, I would be really hesitant to do so. Um, because I don't know, especially with the experiences I've had that I've spoken to, to on this podcast, like, could I trust the way that you see me and value me as in a pure way? Like, are you seeing me through this lens of whiteness that says that I am, that I'm also like that I'm ugly, but you working through it or that um, I'm angry and my anger equals like my black womanhood, not the fact that you did something wrong that we need to address that. Right. Like, can you see me right. through a lens that is not equal to race? Um, and going through it in such a vulnerable position as dating like, it's so vulnerable. I don't know if I could take myself through the tiny micro betrayals I would feel every time he would have to work through, like, his own whiteness. You know, like, I don't know if I could do it. Now, somebody else could do it. So this is not a whole, like, can black... No, and that's okay. That's okay if you couldn't. That's, that's, that's all we wanted to know. Like, then that's the answer. And that is okay if that is an answer. So I totally get that. Yeah, I totally get that's that. my answer. Mm -hmm. 100%. Oh, y'all had to think about this. They like, you go first. No, nah, you go first. <laughs> I tried. Um, it didn't. It, it, I tried to begin stages of dating. It didn't work out on my part because I think from the very base of spirituality. Um, and for me, spirituality is a huge part of my identity. And so the fact that even if you took, even if you were an African, African-American studies or a black major, and I don't care how many friends you have, like, it's not the same as understanding 
the actual culture or the spirituality of that, or even the spirituality of my God. Like your God can be completely different than my God and that's okay with you, but because mine has a more intimate relationship and I'm not expecting anyone to understand what that is because everyone is different, but there is, it looks like everyone's way in which we relate to God or whatever you believe in um, is different, but it, there, there's just something at the root of it that just doesn't look the same. It is the root of my roots that has given me a different connection with my spirituality, with my God, than someone else who's white that I tried to date could not understand and could not support in the way that I needed. And so it led to a lot of frustration, it led to a lot of, all right, well, I'm just gonna go over here and not talk to you for a little bit because you don't realize either what you said, how it came off, or you can't connect with me on this level. And so I think that goes back off to your checklist, right? So maybe if this person, you know, could connect with me on that level, maybe I could look over, you know, them being a white man. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> I got you. I like your spiritual. But I mean, the thing is, I've also experienced that with light skin Latinos as well. Like, mm -hmm. I, like I've experienced, you know, what Candace was talking about, in which, like, I couldn't trust them with my body. I couldn't trust the way that they looked at it because even then they were still trying to say, oh, like, you should look like this or you should look like that and do this to your body. And I'm just like, so what you're trying to do is make me appear white. Yeah. You're trying to make my body submit. Like, even if you say, oh, yeah, like straighten your hair, like, um, I'm not going to do that. What, just just because you think that looks better, just because you think that's pretty? Yeah. Oh, like, or, or yeah, maybe you should, you know, have this body type and that's what you should work towards. No, I, I understand that, first of all, like, body type is not ascribed to race, but even if, you know, if we, if we go to that general idea, like, that's not what I think is beautiful. So mm -hmm. I'm not going to do that. And like, and I, so go to the left. Um, I got you. I got you. Um, so the initial question about, like, how do we feel when we see a black or brown man with white women? I mean, I feel like there's always this initial jerk reaction. Uh, <laughs> you like what the fuck? <laughs> you don't like it. That's what it sounds like. Got words, it's quick. It's just like. What about love is love? Not trust me. No, love is love is love is love is love is love to the second power. Until it ain't. <laughs> no, and that's what I'm saying. So when I see it, there's an initial jerk reaction, but I don't make it a habit to encroach on anybody else's happiness, and so. I have no authority or agency to declare what somebody else should do, who somebody else should pursue. That is on you. Um, but in thinking of what both Felicia and Candace have kind of spoken to, of just like this labor that comes with it, that like all relationships, all connections, regardless of the desired end result, require some level of labor. But I just, it, I'm already going to have to explain being a woman. Yeah. I'm already going to have to explain being queer. Um, I am not going to explain being black. Mm. That's the one thing that romantically, when it comes to that, like, because when it comes to my partner, that is a full on choice. Yeah. Like family, you kind of get stuck with friends. Sometimes it's just a matter of proximity in your surroundings, but who you're with. Cause there's people out here. I watch a yeah. lot of gay fiance. I got 
Lisa and Yo, we've been talking about that so much on this podcast in the last few episodes. Everybody watching that. And they are finding love. It ain't always the best, but they are finding it. So, you know, I feel like who you are with romantically, who you are with in that kind of way sexually, like those are intentional choices you make. And so, again, because love is love to the umpteenth power. um, And I would, you know, I'm not here to judge anybody else. But I say that because that gives me full-on authority to make all decisions for myself. And so the decision Absolutely. I make for myself is Kati don't date white men. Mm. That's not a thing I It do. is. Before we end, though, I want, I want B.A. to ask one more question. Like, let's not ignore what's going on right now in the economy. Obviously, it's a lot of people out rallying, protesting right now for black people, like most importantly so. So, Ben, do you have any questions, like, I guess, around that, just to, you know, see what the involvement is in that or, like, the feelings surrounding that or anything in that in that, that ballpark? Yeah. Um, so I guess just I, I want to just ask a question around, like, you know, how how do you all feel, you know, when another black man or woman is um killed unjustly and like how are you all what are you all doing to really like make sure that you're providing the space to you know protecting yourself number one because i know how emotionally taxing it can be but also just like you know action items or what are you doing to contribute to you know just the movement right now well i speak for myself i've been at a number of protests and rally i was actually on the front lines for the george floyd memorial uh, march that took place and so i've been actively doing that literally wedging my body between police and protesters um i feel that there's always this very active level of service that i do in being an educator Mm-hmm. Um, and so doing that, only working with black and brown communities, I've never taught at a white school or schools with white children. Um, and that's very intentional. Um, I intend to, like, I prioritize my community first. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if there are any gifts of talents that I have to offer or to give, um, it is always given to my community first. But also personally, I actually have been working on a project called the Healing Sessions. And so the idea behind it is really that, like, there is very clearly a revolution. I have, for the last 10 years, really deeply sat with this idea that like a civil war is coming. And not necessarily that I feel that we will live through it, um, but I just, I just don't, there is no coming back, I feel like, from all of the like spiritual ills that this country has done. Like you just can't, you can't spill so much blood. You can't build a country on this. There are all these, there's just so much genocide underneath our feet that we walk on every day that I just can't imagine that things remain the way they are. Things are going to topple over. I am a strong believer of that. Yeah. Um, so in acknowledging that there's a revolution coming, uh, it's, it has to be fought in multiple ways. But even with that, like we can't, we can't be weary. We can't be exhausted. We can't be run down because we are the only ones that are going to fight this for us. And so with that in mind, the healing sessions is really just, it's going to be a variety of programs really catering towards the multiple ways that we can heal from a variety of traumas. Just knowing that like people need to go out and rally too, but people also need to have conversations. They need to be heard. They need to be held. They need to be taught healthy coping mechanisms. Um, they need to be emboldened and empowered uh, through community. And so that is, those are some of the personal things that I've kind of trying to been working on and spearheading that have really been heavily catalyzed by this time. Um, just considering that it's, 
the first pandemic made us, it just further emphasized the long lasting pandemic that's been occurring. I mean, just knowing mm-hmm. that having a little more time because of the way life is currently set up right now um, has yeah. really put it heavy on my heart and on my soul of like, I have to figure out how to use these tools to do something. And for me, yeah, I'm always going to be on the front lines, but there are so many ways in which we can like service our community. There's so many roles for us to play and really we all need to play all these roles. And so the other flip side I've really been heavily thinking about is just. Yeah. And I've, I've seen you too. Like I've seen you on the front lines, like you've been out there like doing your thing. So like that's much appreciated because you know, a lot of people, they see it and they talk about doing it. But they don't actually do it. I saw you out there actually leading like some people at one point in time. So like, not only do you talk the talk, but you, you definitely walk the walk. So I, I definitely appreciate that. And, you know, this is all of our struggle. So, I mean, anything that we can do to be as proactive as possible is definitely nothing wrong with that. And it's always a good thing. Um, interestingly enough, um, it's interesting in this moment being like married, like this is my first year. Uh, like married for real um and my husband does not feel comfortable with me out on the front line so i get yeah i mean it's dangerous yeah um and it's actually i have mentioned that because it's it's been a point of contention for me and trying to figure out like how do i even exist and um and be useful in this moment um but I, I identify as a writer, and so I find myself like recording. I find myself telling the story. I, I find myself also doing a lot of poetry. Um, so I started um, a blog, and, and it's not open yet. Um, I've actually put things on the blog and have not published it because I'm scared. But I will. Um, but I started this blog, um, and on the other end, like also as my PhD work, I like to think of my PhD work as um, my, my activism anyway. Um, but I've been working um, through like uh, changing um, some of the structures of the school. So we've been doing like this day of solidarity um, thing with my advisor um, where we are working to teach people how to be anti racist, which is a huge endeavor right um and so we talk about like all the the lanes of this work i guess my lane ended up being like how do we communicate what it means to not be racist um and how do we get uh close conspirators uh, to work in that and so my focus is children and my focus is schools and so like i work alongside there um and my i'm in the long game right so this is my career. This is I'm going to be thinking about this long after like the trend has been gone off of um, Black Lives Matter. I'm going to be continuing thinking about this. And as you should, as right, you should. So, um, that that I find that like I am, I I am working to understand how do we become in relationship because you know um, Katya is right. Like um, we this is this is this is a war. You know we are in a race war. Um, how are we going to, to, to be in relationship with each other after this? Mm-hmm. Um, and that really is heavy on my heart. So mm-hmm. um, as we think through that, like that's where I find myself situated. And a lot of us are looking for a solution right now, but there is no clear cut solution uh, to this right now. And that's where a lot of people are falling short with that. Like we're all doing this, we're doing what we know to be right. I mean, obviously, you know, what was it uh, after MLK died, 
six days after that, after we were protesting, that's when the Civil Rights Act was passed, right? So, like, yes, like, it does work. Sometimes it doesn't work as fast as we would like it to, because we've been out in the streets long before this last death, but it just seems since this last death, stuff actually started changing. So, I definitely get where you're coming from, and we are looking for a solution. So, I'm hoping and praying that we all find that solution. Yes, um, so I think it's been something that I've already been involved in the community, and I will continue to be involved in the community. Um, in terms of specifically with this, I have been at different protests and rallies. Um, I organized a memorial with, you know, one of the organizations that I helped start. Um, right there, it's called 696 Builds Queensbridge, and it's the largest housing unit in the Yo, world. Put some hand claps right there. That's some beautiful <laughs> shit right there. Yeah, and it's an anti-violence organization. Um, so definitely along the line of work. Um, so coming out and doing a lot of work with that, it's definitely been overwhelming, but it's been rewarding. It's been like, this is what we need to be doing right now on top of everything else that we've always been doing. Um, and then as a creative, I also have to approach it in that way, whether it is who I'm passing the projects that I choose to work on, who I choose to work with, even the people who, who is going to be my cameraman. Like, let's be conscious of getting more people of color in that, right? And giving specifically, like working with this anti-violence organization, how do I give them other opportunities to hustle, right? Um, and then um, who do I cast with stories am I telling and things like that. So, yeah. Definitely get it. From, and from what I gather, we got three beautiful people out here serving the community, doing whatever they can to do their part. Everybody can't do everything, which, you know, obviously we know that. But whatever you do, be the fucking best at doing that and keep right. consistently doing that. Just because outside opening and we got to go to jobs and shit like now, that doesn't mean that we need to stop doing what we be, like what we've been doing. Because it's a conspiracy that because, you know, we've been inside because of the quarantine that that's why everybody's so involved now. No, let's keep going with it. Like, just because, like, people aren't posting about it, you don't have to be those people. And if you do stop posting about it, that's going to encourage other people to start doing it. You never know who's watching you. Like, so your consistency will encourage somebody else to keep being consistent because this is all our struggle. And if we stop now, that's what we're going to fuck up. We got to keep going. We cannot stop now. Stop going back to posting just regular selfies and what you ate that day. Like, talk about this shit. Talk about the stories. Like, let's, let's keep it going. Like. We don't have to always wait around for somebody else to tell us that we need to post this report. Like, so let's go ahead and um, let's go ahead and bring this to a close. I swear to God, I have so many other questions that I want to ask y'all. Like we both do, because like we knew that this is going to be an involved episode. We we knew that the responses and, and the stuff y'all was going to give us was going to be golden and some gems. But um, we do want to go ahead and bring this thing to a close before um we close it. Um, Kati, just like the work that you're doing, like, please do that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm in, I'm in therapy right now and, um, I talk about it and, um, something that, uh, we don't do enough of is just embrace, like just the way that we're feeling. Um, yes. so we, and, and to get more context to that, what I'm saying is that, um, I learned today, like I might have something called, um, ancestral anger and basically it's defined as, you know, it's, ancestral anger is defined as it's a response to oppressive structures and our constrained ability to protect ourselves, our families and our communities from a state of, from state sanctioned violence. And I was like, uh, I may be feeling a little bit of that. And it's something that may like subconsciously hit you. So the work around, you know, just your mental, like, please keep doing that work. And especially during these times, especially in times of war, like PTSD, like comes in a lot of different ways. 
So um, I think that's really important for us right now. So ancestral anger is something I learned about myself that I may be experiencing right now. So um, Kati, keep doing the work you're doing around that. Thank you. Yo, man, we really appreciate y'all just, you know, uh, sharing y'all's insight. You know, obviously, I love the fact that each of you have your own individual walks of life that you uh, could bring to the podcast. I know that people are going to be able to empathize with each one of your situations. Uh, I can't tell you how much it means to me for the Black woman's voice to be heard and for us to be able to host you guys so that you can talk about those things. And, and a lot of stuff that people ordinarily just don't know or they question or they just don't understand, hopefully this gave them a little bit of clarity. But before we let this thing out, I want y'all to go ahead and drop some tags, handles, anything y'all got. I want people to be able to find y'all in case they got follow-up questions. I'm Kati. Um, and you could follow me on two different pages. So for my personal, um, the Instagram is Sunshine Deity. S-U-N-S-H-I-N-E-D-E-I-T-Y. Um, and for the healing sessions, the Instagram is The Healing Sessions. V-T-H-E-H-E-A-L-I-N-G-S-E-S-S-I-O-N-S. Write it down. Okay. Um, and I'm Candice. Uh, you can catch me at Instagram at, at watchandpray2641. Or Twitter, which is where I'm mostly um, <laughs> um, at Candice, that's K-A-N-D-Y-C-E, and or so, because Twitter sucks, A-N-D-E-R-S-O, and then the number one. And actually look out for my blog. Um, it's going to be the anonymousblackwoman.com. Um, can't wait, can't wait. Girl. All right, so my Instagram is Felicia, F-E-L-I-C-I-A, F as in Frank, um, dot Marie, M-A-R-I-E, and with three underscores, as we can find me on Instagram. And I'm about to reboot my website because it's it's not, it's not, anyway, we're going to get there. Um, <laughs> so it's going to be my first Felicia and middle name Marie with an S dot com. Mm -hmm. Great. Oh, also, um, we are also on YouTube now. Yeah. Go ahead and throw that out there. Yes, we are on YouTube. We are completely visual with it. So we are not only on all streaming platforms. That's your Spotify's, Google Play, uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitches. We're also on YouTube now. So y'all make sure y'all go in there. Either leave a thumbs up or a thumbs down. You probably want to leave a thumbs up. Or I'm probably going to comment back and be like, why you leave a thumbs down? If you do, I don't care. It's all love at the end of the day. Um. But yeah, y'all definitely follow up on the page. That's all I really got to say. B.A., you trying to throw anything else out? Uh, thank you all for listening. Thank you to our guests for this conversation. I really appreciated it. And um, yeah, we'll see y'all next time. Once again, this is Storm Batiste. And this is B.A. And this is another episode of Made Men Podcast. Bringing you everything that we think every man should know, no matter if you're white, black, skinny or fat. These are the facts, facts. in everything. Everything every man of the 21st century should know about savings, investment, dating, everything else in between. If you enjoyed the podcast, y'all know what to do.